Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, we'll be looking at uh, verses 6 through 11. That's our starting point this morning anyway. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. And if you don't have a Bible with you, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there. And it's page 497 in the Pew Bible. Page 497 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, then we invite you to take that Pew Bible with you. And that's our gift to you today. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. So please take that and enjoy it. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. You know, today, work in our society is almost a bad word. Uh, people don't like to talk about work very much. In fact, you, you go around town right now, and uh, even beyond our town, but uh, drive across the nation right now, and, and you see help wanted signs hanging everywhere. Uh, they're all out there. Uh, yet, the unemployment rate in America stands at about 6% unemployment. Uh, people don't want to go back to work. They don't want to work. They want to sit at home and draw unemployment. Uh, people don't like to work. But such a view of work is an unbiblical view of work. The Proverbs, as we have already seen, but we'll see more as we continue through them, Proverbs is extremely practical. Proverbs is extremely practical. It, it teaches us some very practical values about some very practical issues, and one of those issues is the issue of work. One value that we find here is the value of hard work. In fact, what we learn today, or what we're going to learn today, is that hard work, diligent work, is a biblical value. Hard work is a biblical value. And today we're going to see three outcomes to hard work that will highlight the value of hard work. So three outcomes today of hard work that's going to highlight the value of hard work for us. And I hope this will build in you a, a good work ethic. And that in whatever you find to do in life, whatever you find to do, whatever the Lord gives you to do, no matter what stage of life you're in, the Lord has something for you to do. And so whatever you find to do today, I, I pray that you will do it heartily unto the Lord, that you would work hard at whatever the Lord has given you to do. Now, let's think about hard work for just a moment. Let me explain what I mean by hard work. We're talking about diligent work. We're not just talking about manual labor, right? Uh, it's not just talking about going out and splitting some firewood, and that's hard work. Uh, but hard work can be applied to anything. So whatever the Lord has called you to do, whether it's to be a logger and go out and fall trees or, or to be a, a stay-at-home mom working with your children and working to keep the home uh, steady whatever the lord has called you to do work hard at it work diligently at that that's what we're talking about hard work whatever the lord calls you to do whatever he gives you to do do it diligently unto the lord work hard at it as ecclesiastes 9 10 says whatever your hand finds to do it do it with all your might do it with all your might. Work hard at it, and the Lord will bless that. 
Now, as we begin to look at this, and before we get to our, our text today, I do want us to remember that the value of hard work uh, relies on and is grounded in that very first principle, right? So, so we're talking about very practical things, things that apply directly to your life, but we never need to lose sight of our relationship with God because everything is grounded in our relationship with God. And remember, Proverbs starts out highlighting that as the first principle. What is the beginning of knowledge? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, Proverbs 1.7. You remember that? And, and so we begin with a right relationship with God. We have to start there. We have to start there. Less work become an idol. Less wealth become an idol. Less marriage become an idol. We must ground all of these practical issues in our relationship with the Lord. The very first principle, the very first rule of, of life is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus says there's a second like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. So all of this is, is founded in, grounded in our relationship with God. And if we don't have a relationship with, with God first, if that's not our starting point, if we've not surrendered to God through Christ, trusting in the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ and surrendering our life to Christ through faith, by God's grace through faith, then all of this other stuff doesn't matter. So we need to start there. And only when we have that relationship right will all of this other stuff seem so valuable and become so valuable. So let us not lose sight this morning as we talk about a very practical issue working hard in life and and all the benefits that hard work brings uh, let us remember that hard work starts with a relationship with God trusting in Jesus Christ never lose sight of that everything that I have today is grounded in that have that right relationship with God well, if you found your place then, as we continue to look at our text this morning, if you found your place there in God's Word, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Word. Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise with having, without having any chief, officer, or ruler. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Lord, give me the ability to preach your word today, to explain it and apply it to our lives today. And Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts, a will to obey your word today. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And you may be seated. 
So as we begin to, to look at our text today and we consider these three outcomes of hard work, the first outcome of hard work that demonstrates the value of hard work is this, hard work honors God. Hard work, diligent work honors God. It honors God. Look what he says there. It, this is implied in these first couple of verses. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Go to the ant. Consider the ant, consider her ways and be wise without any chief officer or ruler. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food and harvest. Now, consider the ant. Consider the ant. Look at the ant. The ant is, is not a moral creature. She is not a moral creature. All she knows to do is what God created her to do. That's it. Right? The ant just acts on instinct, and she goes out, and she goes to, to work, to labor, to, to gather food and bring it in. And she works all summer long, gathering that food, storing that food up so that the colony can be fed all winter long. She does what God created her to do. That's what she does. That's what nature does. That's what the deer does. That's what the antelope does. That's what the, the bass in, in Lake Bussy. that's what she does, right? Uh, they just go out and they just do what God created them to do. They know nothing about sin. They live in this fallen world and suffer the consequences of this fallen world. But, but nature out there, the animals, they know nothing of sin. They know nothing of disobedience. They just go every day and they do what God created them to do. And when they do what God created them to do, they give glory to God. Look at, uh, think about Psalms chapter, uh, excuse me, Psalms 148 verses 7 through 8. Praise the Lord from the, from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps. Fire, hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. You see, creation outside of humanity, creation gives glory and honor to God because creation does exactly what God tells creation to do. Creation does exactly what God tells it to do, what God created it to do. And so creation, by, by doing what it's created to do, gives praise and glory to God in its doing. And let me tell you, dear friend, you and I were created to work. We were created to work. Consider Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. To work the garden and keep the garden. Now, remember, this is before the fall. See, a lot of people think that work is a result of a judgment of the fall, but that's not the case whatsoever. No, no, the thorns and the, all of those things that make work even more difficult on us, that's the result of the fall. But, but God created us to work. He created us to work. We're, we're to work. We're to work. And I believe in eternity there's going to be work. There's going to be work. We, we see in, in the book, uh, in Revelation and, and other places in Scripture where we're, 
there will be people who rule over districts and regions. There will be work to do. God created us to work. And so when we work, we honor God, right? We were designed to work and we honor God. God is honored when we do what he designed us to do. So honor God's work, or excuse me, honor God's design. God created you to work. He designed you to work. Therefore, honor God's design. Honor God by going out and working. Again, this is not, you know, about going out and doing hard work, manual labor, this, that, and the other. I can remember when I first got to be a pastor, and uh, I kind of struggled with this a little bit because most of my young adult years, I worked. I mean, I, there was manual labor involved, right? I, I, I climbed towers. I, I worked in the logging woods. And, and so I, I thought of work, I mean, bailing hay, all of that good stuff. Uh, work was getting out there, getting your hands dirty, getting sweaty and all that kind of stuff. So when God called me into the pastorate, and, and I can remember going to Perryville Second Baptist Church, and that first week there, and I, I go into work, and I'm sitting down at my desk, and I'm working on a sermon. I'm like, man, this, just ain't, this is not right, right? I'm, I'm not getting sweaty. I'm not getting my hands dirty. Uh, but then I, I had to realize, no, no, this is what God has called me to do, right? He's called me to labor in the study, to study his word so that I can preach God's word effectively to his people. So whatever you're called to do, whatever it may be, again, whether it is manual labor or, or if it's working in an office, or if it's, you know, if you're at home just praying for God's people, right? You, you may be at that point in your life where you, you can't do anything, but you're home, and, and so you just got to pray for God's people. That's work, right? So whatever God has called you to do, work. Work. Fulfill God's design for your life. He designed you to work, and you're never too old to work. To fulfill your purpose. Oh man, honor God. Honor God by hard work. By working diligently unto the Lord. Proverbs 10, 5. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son. But he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Man, when you're lazy and you don't work, you don't do what God's designed you to do, you don't fulfill the work that God has given you to do, the indication here is you bring shame to God. Honor God. Glorify God through your work. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, whatever work you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, bring glory to God through your work. God designed you to work. Your work may not your, your work may look very different from my work, but whatever God has called you to do, whether it be for a short season in your life or as a lifelong career, Whatever the Lord has called you to do, do it with all diligence as unto the Lord. Honor God through your work. Hard work honors God. 
Second, hard work builds wealth. Hard work builds wealth. We see this uh, in our text. It is implied in our text. He says, first of all, there, go to the ant. But then as you, you think about what the ant does, the ant builds wealth, right? It, it, builds, it, it builds up a supply for the winter. Look at verse 9 then. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Laziness, you see, leads to poverty. That's what he's saying here. Laziness leads to poverty. The, po the, the sluggard ends up in poverty. Now, I want you to, to think about this. Think about the sluggard. And Proverbs talks a lot about the sluggard. The Proverbs kind of contrast the sluggard to the diligent person. The sluggard, we see in the, the book of Proverbs, prioritizes rest and recreation over work. A little sleep, a little slumber. Rest and recreation, we, we need to remember, are wonderful gifts of God. And don't, don't, don't lose sight of that. Right? Rest and recreation are a wonderful gift of God. In fact, you, God worked six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And one of the, the commandments in the Ten Commandments is the commandment to rest, to take a Sabbath. Now, it applies differently to the church than it did to Israel, but, but that still applies in a way. It applies for us. We're, we're still, we still need to rest. And if you go out and work seven days a week and just keep going, keep going without taking some time to rest and relax, man, you're going to burn out. Rest is a wonderful gift from God. Recreation is a wonderful gift from God. But just like all of God's gifts, if you over-prioritize them, if you abuse them, if you take them to extremes, they're, they, they, they no longer are gifts, but they actually become sin. They become sin. And I think the same is true of laziness. I think laziness is a sin. When you over-prioritize rest and relaxation, rest and, and recreation over work, that's a sin because you're not doing what God's designed you to do. But the sluggard prioritizes rest and recreation. They sleep and they slumber Proverbs 20, 13 says, Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. The sluggard prioritizes rest and recreation over work, and furthermore, a sluggard persists in procrastination. The sluggard persists in procrastination, a little folding of the hands, right? A little folding of the hands to, to rest. The sluggard loves to make excuses. The sluggard loves to make excuses. Proverbs twenty-two thirteen. The sluggard says, there is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets, right? I can't go to work. There's a lion out there. He might get me, so I'm just going to stay in bed. Now, we all 
probably, uh, most of us anyway, probably have a tendency to procrastinate. Uh, that's just kind of a human tendency. We have a tendency to procrastinate. There again, I, I have my moments when I, I, I there's, there's this project, I need to get this done. And, and when I sit down to get focused on this project, oh, you know what, there's this other thing over there. I need to go do that. Oh, well, there's this other thing over there. I need to go do that. And, and you, you have this tendency to procrastinate, right? We have that tendency, but, but when we want to work hard, when we want to focus on the work that God has given us to do, then we find strategies to overcome our procrastination. We, we set a list on our desk. That's what the, one of my strategies. I've got my little... Uh, sticky notes and when something comes to mind oh yeah I need to go get that done well, here comes a sticky note let me write that down now I get back to work right we got to set priorities and we got to have strategies to overcome our procrastination but the sluggard he he, he gets into that procrastination right? he, he never gets anything done because he's always making excuses of of why it's not the right time. Oh, it's too wet, it's too dry, it's too hot, it's too cold, the sun is too bright, oh, it's too cloudy. There's always an excuse to not do what needs to be done. But laziness leads to poverty. Laziness leads to poverty. If you're lazy, if you continue to rest and recreate and, and, and make these excuses, continue to procrastinate, you're going to come to poverty. You're going to come to poverty. Those who love the bed will never get out to go to work, and they'll never make a dime. They'll end in poverty. Hard work, however, leads to wealth. Hard work leads to wealth. It's indicated here, as he says here, Poverty will come upon you like a rob man, uh, like a robber, uh, like a robber, and want like an armed man. Right? He's indicating the opposite of that is also true, and the rest of Proverbs go on to to indicate the same. Turn, if you will, to Proverbs twelve. It's just a few pages over there. Proverbs chapter twelve, looking at verse twenty-seven. Proverbs twelve, twenty-seven. Proverbs 12, 27 says, Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. The diligent man will get precious wealth. Now, your translation, if you're not looking at the ESV, your translation may say something different. Uh, the fact of the matter is the Hebrew here is very difficult to, to deal with. It's, it's very difficult to translate. And so I think I looked at five different English translations and all of them had little kind of just a little nuance uh, difference here. Here's the RGV. That's the Richard Gamble version. Uh, here's my translation. The sluggard will not roast his gain, but the substance or the wealth of a diligent person is precious. Uh, the overall idea of this proverb is that hard work leads to success. Hard work leads to success. It leads to prosperity. Right? We, we, we want that in America. Life, liberty, and, and uh, the pursuit of happiness. We, we, we want to pursue prosperity here a, as Americans. But we're not going to get prosperity. You're not going to get prosperity by being lazy. You won't do it. 
you, you, the only way to success, the only way to have prosperity in life is to work hard. Now, we need to understand that when we talk about Scripture or we talk about wealth in the book of Proverbs and, and in the Bible in general, wealth does not necessarily indicate being rich. In America, we might think about you know, a wealthy man being a millionaire. But that's not necessarily so. When we're talking about wealth, it doesn't necessarily mean being filthy rich or whatever, but it means uh, having enough. In fact, the word wealth, the Hebrew word for wealth, means to have an abundant amount of material possessions and resources or having a sufficient amount of material possessions and resources. In other words, having enough. It means having enough. A wealthy man, in scriptural terms, is one who has enough. Has enough to, to make it, to survive, to, to live, and, and not struggle through life. There's a, a, a sense of prosperity in their lives. And, and hard work leads to that kind of wealth. It leads to having enough. Now, of course, we remember that the Proverbs are general truths. They're not absolute truths. We started, I said that at the very beginning as I introduced the book of Proverbs. They're general truths, not absolute. So we all know someone who worked hard. They, They grew a business and something happened and they went bankrupt. That happens in a fallen world. But the general truth is if you work hard, if you are diligent in your work, you can build some kind of wealth. You can build uh, material possessions and, and have things. You can have enough to prosper in life. Now, there's other factors as well to consider there, how you manage the, your possessions and that sort of thing. But that's the general principle. Hard work leads to wealth. Now, as I was just thinking about this week, I, I thought about, about my granddad. My granddad, he, he was not a rich man when he died. He was never a millionaire, but he was a wealthy man. He was a wealthy man. He had wealth. He had enough in life that, that he made a good living for himself, and he supported my grandmother and my father, and, and so he died a wealthy man. It wasn't because he had a great inheritance. He, he grew up in the Great Depression. He, he had a large family, and so there was no inheritance for him. Daddy tells, my dad tells me when uh, my granddad was young, when he was a young man, just making it out on his own, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of things going on around Warren, Arkansas. So he he took off. If there were peaches to be picked in Georgia, he hopped a train and went to uh, Georgia and he picked peaches. If the oranges were due down in Florida, well, he would jump a train and go down to Florida and he would pick oranges. When the the shipyards up north needed some workers to repair ships, well, he loaded up and he went up north and he worked in the shipyards. He did everything. He wherever there was work, he would go there and he would work. He he worked hard. And he saved up his money. He accumulated wealth. And when he got enough, he went back to home to Warren. And he he found him a plot of land. He bought that land. He cleared it by the sweat of his brow. He fenced it up. He had cows and horses and all of those things. He built a home for my grandmother and my father. He accumulated wealth. Why? Because he worked hard for it. Hard work leads to wealth. It leads to wealth. It leads to a prosperous life. Again, not necessarily a rich life. 
You're not talking about being filthy rich, but you're talking about a wealthy life, a happy life, a prosperous life. You will never build wealth sitting at home, binge watching TV, or playing video games. Listen to me, especially my younger generation, because now the fad is to, to binge watch this show and that show and other shows. You will never build wealth sitting at home, binge-watching TV, playing video games, getting absorbed into recreational activities of various kinds. Hard work builds wealth. Parents, teach this value to your children. Teach your children the value of hard work. Grandparents, I know you want to spoil those little babies. But teach them the value of hard work. Don't give them everything their little heart desires. Make them work for some things. Right? You, you can give them some things, but make them work for some things. Uh, teach them how to set, set goals. I, I want to I get this, right? I want this new shotgun. I want this shotgun for hunting season. All right, well, here, let's, let's make the wealth. Let's build some wealth here. Let's make some money. Let's do some chores. Let's do some things to Work for that and, and get that goal. Teach your children hard work. Teach them how they can build wealth and be prosperous in life. Let me tell you, when they get out into the world, nobody's going to hand them everything that they want. They may think they des deserve that, right? They may think they're due everything they want, but the only way they're going to get it is through hard work. Hard work builds wealth. Hard work makes you prosperous so hard work honors god hard work builds wealth and third hard work brings fulfillment hard work brings fulfillment turn if you will or it may just be on the same page you're on now but uh, proverbs chapter 13 verse 4 proverbs chapter 13 verse 4 Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The soul of the sluggard, the lazy person, craves and gets nothing. That word crave there, uh, it means to, to wish for something, you know, deeply. <laughs> deeply desiring something it, you have big dreams this, this is what i want to be in life this is what i want to accomplish in life the sluggard craves dreams big dreams but never accomplishes anything why because the sluggard goes through life lazy and is unfulfilled the sluggard just goes through life dreaming, 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 but those dreams are never fulfilled. They remain unfulfilled. You can dream all you want to. Listen to me. You can dream all you want to, but if you never lift a hand to work, you'll never accomplish those dreams. You can dream all you want to, but if you don't put in the work, if you sit at home and just be lazy, Binge watching TV and playing video games, you will never realize your dreams. If you want to be fulfilled in life, the diligent are fulfilled by their hard work. The diligent are fulfilled by their hard work. It, 
notice it says there, the diligent are richly supplied. They're richly supplied. Now, let me be clear. Life won't always work out quite like you dreamed it uh, when you're in high school and, and even in college. It won't always work out like you dreamed it. For example, when I was a, a kid in high school playing football, I had dreams like many kids in high school playing football of, of being a, an NFL football player, right? That would be my ultimate dream. I want to play football for a living. The problem was I was 150 pounds, six foot tall, 150 pounds soaking wet, and I couldn't hardly catch a ball for anything, right? Uh, so NFL was not in my future. I can dream that all I want to, but that was not in my future. Now, I went out on the football field, and I worked hard, and I had some high-five moments, right? Uh, but I wasn't going to make it into the NFL. In fact, the first time that Mary Beth, I caught Mary Beth's eye, I, it was in a football game, and it was one of those high-five moments. We were playing there, and uh, the, uh, the fullback, he got the ball, and he was running. We were right on the end zone. He was running it into the end zone, and somebody hit him right there at the end zone, and he fumbled the ball, and I retrieved the fumble, in the end zone for the touchdown, and she heard my name, Richard Gamble, for the touchdown, and I caught her eye. Uh, that was the first time. She decided she'd go out, out with me after that. A good high-five moment, but I was never going to make it to the NFL because I just didn't have the stature and the skill to do that. But, you know, in life, God has given me a lot of other dreams. As I've gone on, as I've worked hard, God has given me a lot of other dreams, and because I, I followed his direction in my life and worked hard along the way. I've seen some of those dreams fulfilled. I, I have that sense of fulfillment in life because of God's grace. Absolutely, always, it's God's grace. I give him all the glory and honor and praise, but also hard work, hard work. God gives the grace, but he also calls us to work along with him and work hard at what he's called us to do. Hard work will give you a sense of fulfillment in your life. This was proven just last year in 2020. We saw this. I mean, the researchers, they, they recorded the data and they, they recognized this. Back in 2020, when COVID hit, and everybody was sent home. The whole nation sent, was shut down and people were sent home. All people thought, oh, right, a couple of weeks vacation here. Uh, but then when the, the couple of weeks turned into a couple of months, well, the, the rate of depression just skyrocketed. People became depressed and anxious. Why? Because they, didn't, they felt unfulfilled. They were not able to get out and work to do what they were created to do. And there was a sense of unfulfillment and depression and anxiety set in. God created us to work. And if we want to be fulfilled in life, have that sense of fulfillment in life, then we will work. We will work hard and diligently at whatever God has called us to do. Work hard. Hard work brings that sense of fulfillment if you want that sense of fulfillment a sense of accomplishment work hard at whatever God has given you to do hard work honors God it builds wealth and it brings that sense of fulfillment in your life therefore church value hard work value hard work 
whatever stage of life you are in, whether you're just getting started, some of you are just about to go off to college, or maybe you're in college now, and you're just, you're working at Johnny's Pizza or, or wherever, whatever God is giving you to do in the moment, whatever it may be, if you're in the midst of your career and working hard, or you're at home raising babies, or maybe you're even retired, right? You're done with secular work, but, but God has given you something else to do. At whatever stage of life you are in, God has given you work to do. He's given you a task to accomplish. And whatever you, the work God has given you to do, work heartily as unto the Lord. Put your hand to the plow and work for the Lord. Parents, instill a solid work ethic in your children. Teach them the value of work because hard work is a biblical value. Value hard work in the church. Value hard work in the church. Be diligent in your commitment to your church. There's no retirement in the church. There's no retirement. God, there's no, no retirement plan in the church. Right? Acts doesn't have anything about Paul and Peter saying, oh, I'm done, I'm retiring. No, there's no retirement in the church. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, God has called you, if you're here, He has called you to minister in this church. To work, do the work of the ministry in this church. Now everybody's got a different skill set, everybody's got different spiritual gifts, but God has called you, dear Christian, to work in His church. It may be to get involved in a ministry, and, and you should get involved in that ministry and work hard in that ministry. It may be simply to pray. Maybe you're at home today because you can't get out anymore, and, and you can't work. You can't get involved as you would like to do, as you used to do. Maybe you're sitting home and you're watching this today online because that's where you are in life. But God has called you to work. Maybe your work is simply to pray for the church. That's the best work to be involved in. To pray hard for his church. So pray. Work hard. Whatever the God has called you to do in the church, work hard for it. Be diligent in it. Work hard for his church. Now, this morning I want to end where I began. Because I don't want us to lose sight of our relationship with God, for us to truly value hard work without raising it to the point where hard work becomes an idol for us, we must ground our work ethic in the very first principle of wisdom. Wisdom begins in a right relationship with God. Hard work will never save you. Hard work will never reconcile you to God. Only the work that Jesus Christ did on your behalf, and that was hard work, but Christ fulfilled it on your behalf on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty for your sins. And he was raised again, assuring you of that payment being in full. And now he offers you a free gift of salvation if you trust in him. Trust in Christ. Give your life to him. And he will save you. As Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Your first priority, dear friend.
is to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first Jesus Christ. As diligent as you would work at your secular job or, or whatever else may, you may be doing, as diligent as you may work, work even harder in your relationship with Christ. Be even more diligent seeking Him, pursuing Him, growing in Him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Oh, never worship work. Never worship work. Worship the God who gave you the gift of work and give Him glory and honor in all your work. And all God's people said, Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the gift of work. Even though so many look uh, down on work and, and think of work as a judgment, as a curse, Lord, it's not a curse. It's a wonderful blessing that you have given us. Lord, we thank you for the ability to work. Lord, everyone in here, no matter their their age no matter their their station in life lord you have given them work to do their work may look different their work may be today not like it was 20 years ago but nevertheless lord you have given them work to do lord let each and every one of us acknowledge the work that you have called us to and lord let us work diligently as unto you, giving you all glory and honor. And Lord, if there's those today, perhaps there are those who are worshiping work. Uh, they're workaholics. Lord, I pray that you would turn their hearts to understand that first principle. And Lord, today they may enter into a right relationship with you by your grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, save their soul today, I pray. In Christ's name I pray, amen.